Who remembers Soul Train? Anybody remember Soul Train? Anybody at Soul Train? Jumping on the train. How about The Apprentice? That song also is being used for The Apprentice. We sing about money. We celebrate money. Sometimes we dream about money. We, 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 we think about what might we be able to do if someone gave us a million dollars. And last week we talked about how some of us would want to travel or spend the money or give the money away. But money is fun. Money is excited. Money is empowering. But sometimes living with the Benjamins isn't always so easy. Sometimes having hundreds and hundreds of dollars moving through our fingers throughout our lives isn't always easy. Sometimes each of us have to make some very difficult financial decisions. Sometimes there's more going out than there is that's coming in. Sometimes the sales aren't as high as they need to be or should be or could be. And we experience financial pressure, financial stress. According to a recent statistic, couples fight over money more than any other topic. Because living with the Benjamins is sometimes hard. It's sometimes stressful. It isn't always easy. That's why I am so glad that God has so much to say to us in his word about money. God says more about money than most other topics in the Bible. He says more about money than heaven or hell combined. Heaven or hell is around 600 times. Money is referenced over 800 times in the Bible. One out of every uh, seven verses in the Gospel of Luke is about money. Because God's concerned about our money. And it's not just, he doesn't just give us timeless truths that we can apply to our lives. He also knows the amount of money in our pockets. He knows the financial stress that you're under right now in your life. He knows the hairs on your head and he cares. And his word to us this morning is he wants us to live at peace with the Benjamins. He wants to experience peace as we are giving and saving and spending and using his resources here on earth. See, that's what this series is about. And last week, we kicked off our series with a wonderful story about this nameless widow who gave an offering. And she didn't just throw her offering in. Last week, we saw how this nameless widow gave everything that she had. And we learned this valuable financial principle, and that is simply this, God owns everything. Everything we own is actually on loan. Our car, our home, our clothes, our shoes are actually on loan from God. That we own nothing, that God owns everything. And as a way to express our understanding of God's ownership of everything is every week just to give an offering. And in, and last week, we, we had this prayer during our offering. We didn't just toss our offering. And when that plate was in our hands, we said this prayer. We says, God, I understand that you are the owner of everything. And as a way to acknowledge that you're the owner of everything, I'm giving you, I'm returning to you a portion of my income to express my faith in you. And that's how we lived out this principle last week, that God is the owner of everything, that we own nothing, that we are merely managers of God's resources. See, last week we reprioritized our money. You know, if you were given that million dollars, some of us says, you know, we want to spend first and then get out of debt and then pay taxes and then save. We said, no, it's time to reprioritize our resources and to give first, to save second and to live on the rest. And this week we want to pick up where we left off. This week, we want to hear another wonderful truth from the scriptures about money. This week, we want to look at some teachings from the words of Jesus. 
And before we jump into this morning's passage, I just want to say to something about us as church folks, people that attend church and have read the life and teachings of Jesus before. See, sometimes because we are familiar with the words of Jesus, sometimes it's, it's easy for us to say, you know what, I've heard that before. Or you know what, those words of Jesus, those are really nice. Or you know what, Jesus, you know, he just has a way with words. You know, sometimes we can hear the words of Jesus that just goes in one ear and out the other because we're overly familiar with the words of Jesus. But at Maple Grove County Church, we don't want to do that. We want to hear and obey the words of God. We want to apply God's words to our lives. We want to hear the words of God and obey because God's our Heavenly Father. God has our best interest in mind. God knows our financial situation and he wants to speak truth into our lives this morning. We want to hear God's word and obey. Now imagine if you're a parent and you have a son or daughter and you tell your son or daughter, say, hey, you know what? I need you to clean your room before you go out today. And your daughter says to you, you know what, dad, I've cleaned my room in my heart. Would that be an acceptable response? Oh, you know what, mom, I heard you say you want me to clean my room, but I'm going to gather my friends together and we're going to do a little study on the word clean, you know, and we're going to, we're going to dissect this word. We're going to go deeper in that word on the word clean and we're going to figure out what clean really means. You know, would that be an acceptable response? Or what if, what if your daughter says, you know what, I, I've heard your words and I've memorized your word. I've hidden that command in my heart and you want me to clean my room. I understand. Would that be an acceptable response to the words of a parent? No. It wouldn't. We want to hear and obey. We want to apply God's words to our lives and experience the peace that transcends understandings as we apply God's truths to our finances. See, that's, that's the goal. That's our goal is to hear the words of God and apply them to our lives. And this morning, we're going to look at a familiar passage in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And in Matthew chapter 6, page 960 in your pew Bible, the words will also be on the screen. We're going to, we're going to read some familiar words. We're going to read from the Sermon on the Mount, uh, 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 Jesus' first sermon, his most famous sermon. And we're going to spend much more time in this sermon a little bit later on in our year. But this morning, we're going to focus on some very specific, a very few amount of words that relate to money. See, Jesus speaks to fasting. He speaks to prayer. And then he speaks to giving. Three fundamentals of the faith, three common practices of people who follow God. We, we pray, we fast. And we give. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 has some wonderful truths to help us live at peace with the Benjamins. Verse 19. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth, Jesus says, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Have you heard that phrase before? Are you familiar with this teaching? Jesus is saying, don't accumulate too many things here on earth. Don't collect too many things on here that are of temporary value. Instead, invest in things that last. Invest in things that will last forever. See, Jesus is making a value statement. Jesus is saying some things are more valuable than others. Some things have eternal worth 
And some things have temporary worth. There are treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy. And there are treasures on earth that get rust on them, that break down and they lose their value. See, most of us know this financial truth, don't we? Most of us know that some things are more valuable than other things. Most of us know that a BMW is more valuable than a Kia, right? Most of us know this. Most of us know that some things are more valuable than others. Most of us know that a, a, a house and the mountains and the lake is more valuable than a camper in the woods. There's more value to that beautiful home. Most of us know that Armati suit is better than the, the, the plaid stallions. You know, there's, there's more value... And that Armani suit and the plan. Most of us know that people are more valuable than things because things get rusty. Things end up in a hole. Things lose their value. See, most of us know that some things are more valuable than others. See, Jesus is making this value statement that most of us already know. But one of the things that you may not know, one of the things that you may miss as we hear the words of Jesus is this word, yourselves, repeated twice in these two verses. Jesus repeats these words twice because this is the word, these are the words that, that unlock a very significant financial truth. Jesus says we can store up for ourselves treasures in heaven. Because oftentimes when it comes to giving, we think about those in need. We think about those that need shoes in Haiti or food in Haiti. We think about those that need water in Africa. We think about those people that need help. But Jesus is saying it's actually about you, yourself. It's about me. It's about us learning the value of money. Learning this significant financial truth. Jesus states that there are treasures. There are rewards in heaven. And based on how we use our wealth here on earth, we'll be rewarded. We'll have treasures in heaven. Somehow how we perform here on earth affects what we receive and have it, I notice Jesus did not say how you work on heaven, you'll, on earth, you'll earn your way in heaven. This isn't about doing good works in order to get into heaven. Salvation is by grace alone. But how we live our lives we, we affects what we receive in heaven. Jesus says, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Use your worldly wealth, not just on temporary things. That rust, that lose their value, but invest in something that is extremely valuable. Something that will last forever. Now, I know this sounds a little strange. I know this is a little bit hard to get our minds around. I know that sometimes this is a little bit hard for us to understand. But this is a truth repeated throughout the scriptures. This is a truth repeated throughout the Bible. In Luke chapter 12, verse 33, Jesus says, the same thing. He says this, sell your possessions and give to the poor. Provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes in near, comes near and no moth destroys. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, and by doing these things, you will receive this purse. 
You'll be providing for yourself this purse, this, this, this amount of reward. See, this is not only about giving to the needs of the poor. This is about you. It's not only about water or food or shoes. This is about us receiving this reward that never fails, that lasts forever. Paul says something similar in his letter to the Philippians. Paul, in his letter to the Philippians, is describing how they provided for his physical needs. Remember, Paul is a missionary. He's traveling throughout Asia Minor, and he's preaching the good news of the gospel. And he needs resources in order to do God's work. And Paul writes this. He says this, Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I sent out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except for only you. You provided for my needs. You gave. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid more than once when I was in need. And then Paul writes these words to these Philippians. Not that I am looking for a gift. I've already been provided. I'm not looking for money, but, I'm, but I am looking for what might be credited to your account. I'm looking for something that might be credited to your account. See, there's this account that's in heaven. There's this eternal bookkeeper that watches how we use our money and that it can be credited to our account as we give to God's purposes in the world. And it wasn't just Paul that wrote this. It wasn't just Jesus that said that. It was also Moses. Moses, the leader of the people of Israel, as they came out of Egypt, he he brought them into freedom. Moses says, it's, it's mentioned about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24. We read this. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt. Why? Because he was looking for his reward. He was looking for what was coming ahead because he knew that some things are more valuable than other things. That that he was able to, to regard the disgrace of Christ as more valuable than all the gold, all the silver, all the treasures of Egypt. And how was he able to discern which was more valuable? His reward. He was looking ahead to what he would receive. He was looking ahead to what he would receive, this reward in heaven. Now, I know this is hard to understand. I know this is hard to get our heads around. I know most of us don't think about the connection between our lives on earth and our life in heaven. See, most of us focus on the dot rather than the line. Most of us focus on the here and now. Most of us focus on what's happening right now in my life, my bills, my, my family, my food, my needs. Most of us focus on the dot. The dot represents the here and now. The dot represents the bills you have to pay this week. The dot represents the debt that you have on your house. The dot represents your mortgage or your car payment. The dot represents here and now. But the line represents eternity. The line represents the rest of your life. The line represents where you're going to be spending the rest of your life. See, most of us focus on the dot. But Jesus says, I want you to focus on the line. 
Focus on where you're going to be spending the rest of your life. Just don't focus on the dot, the here and now, your bills, this, that, and what I need right now. Learn to use your worldly wealth for eternal gains. Learn to focus on the lie. Now, I know this is a, a tough financial principle, but let me just give you another example. Let's just say you're all from the United States of America, right? You're all from the good U.S. of A. And you get a job in Germany. And in Germany, it's a nice, well-paying job, but you don't want to uproot your family. So you keep your house here, you keep your family here, you keep your stuff here, and then you go to Germany. And you work this job, and you make good money, and you're not quite sure how long you're going to be there, so you don't want to buy a house. You don't even want to rent a house. You just want to stay in one of those extended stay hotels. You know, you got your furniture in there. You got your bed in there. You got your paintings on the wall. Now, would it be a wise investment as you're living in Germany to put new carpeting in your extended stay hotel? Would it be a wise investment to, you know, to redo the kitchen or to get a new bed or, or to buy paintings on the wall? Of course not. What would you do with your money as you're living in Germany? You would wire that money to where you live, to where your home is, to where your family is. You would send that money on ahead to your home. See, that's what Jesus is saying. Don't just focus on the dot. Don't just focus on the here and now. Learn to wire your money ahead of you because the reality is all of us are going to die. Our lives are but a breath. It's just like a dot. We're, we're a mist. We're here today and gone tomorrow. And what we need to learn is how to invest our worldly wealth, not in the dot, but for the line. Not just for the here and now, but for all of eternity. See, Jesus' words are so clear. They're so helpful. Jesus says to us words that are hard to understand, but are, but are so true, easy to overlook. But we must apply to our lives. Don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But rather, store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Don't just focus on the dot. Learn to use your worldly wealth for the line, for all eternity. Now, I don't think this means that we're all to sell our possessions and give everything we own to the poor. I don't think this means that we're just simply to liquidate our assets and, and give everything to the poor. Because you know what that, if we did that, you know what that would make us? Poor, right? So if you're thinking about doing that, just don't. God doesn't need more poor people, right? What, 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 what we need to do is learn how to use our worldly wealth for the sake of the poor, for the sake of the kingdom. See, I think God wants us to buy homes. I think he wants us to buy cars. I think he wants us to have clothes and shoes. I think he wants us to get an education to invest our resources into expanding our minds. But I, I don't think he just wants it to, to end there. That it's not just about the dot. It's not just about the here and now. We must use our worldly wealth for the sake of others. So buy a car. And use your car to get home. Use your car to get to work. But don't just use your car for the here and now. Somehow use your car to, to invite or pick somebody else up and take them to church. Or to drive somebody to uh, some place in need. Or to drive yourself where you can mentor a kid or, or, or respond to the needs of others. Maybe do meals on wheels. Somehow use your transportation as an avenue for the line. 
Uh, I think God wants us to get an education, to use our money to pay for tuition or to, to get a college degree or a master's degree or a doctorate degree. But not to just use our education for the here and now. Somehow use that for the sake of others. Use our training. Use our gifts. Use our minds to help others. To, to, to move beyond the dot for the line. I think God wants us to have houses to live in and, and clothes to wear. But, but, but not just to use our house just for us. To somehow welcome other people into our homes. To host a community group or to, to welcome our neighbors, or even to welcome a stranger into our homes. Isn't that what the Bible teaches us? Those that we don't know, like real strangers, people that we've never met, and welcome them into our home and somehow share the love of Jesus to use our worldly wealth for the sake of the line, not just the dot. See, that's the teachings of Jesus. That's what God wants to do. That's what God calls us to do because he's teaching us that some things are more valuable than others. Some things are temporary and some things are eternal. And what Jesus is saying is just don't focus on the dot. Learn to live. Learn to invest in the eternal gains. Learn to invest in that which will last forever. But, but Jesus doesn't end there. In verse 21, he says this. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is says much about your heart. He makes this connection between our money and our heart. There's this correlation between where we spend our money and the things that we love. Now, it's not about money. God doesn't need our money, but he wants our hearts. He wants us to love and worship him and delight in him with all of our hearts. But there's this direct correlation between our hearts and our money. Money isn't typically an idol. Money always points us to where our idols are. Money directs to us what we value most, what we love the most. So if you want to know if I love God with all my heart, you don't have to look at how much I know about Hebrew or Greek or the scriptures. You don't have to ask me about my prayer life or my disciplines. Just ask, how much am I giving to God's and his purposes in the earth? Then you'll know if I love God. Because where my heart is, there my treasure is also. Where we place our money says so much about what we love and value. But the opposite is also true. Where we put our money not only reveals our hearts, it also dictates our hearts. I don't know if you remember what happened a few weeks ago when we gave generously to God's purposes in the world. We gave money. We gave money for, for food in Haiti. We put shoes down here for, for people that need shoes in Haiti and other parts of the world. And did you notice what happened to your heart? All of a sudden, you got more excited about God's purposes for the world. All of a sudden, you says, you know, I want more to, to, to be involved in God's heart for the world. And, and I know for me, at least, I became more aware of the needs in Haiti. Just on Friday, I was reading the newspaper with my daughters, and we saw an article on Haiti and the crisis of cholera and the need for, for, for resources. And we got, our hearts were pulled into that because my kids gave their shoes, and we gave their money. You see, where we place our money also determines what we love and value. Uh, money doesn't, doesn't just reveal our values. It can determine our values and our heart. But remember, God doesn't need our money. This isn't a, fu a fundraising 
campaign. This is about our hearts loving and worshiping God. God doesn't need our money. He just doesn't want our money to get us. He just doesn't want us to be overly consumed with the dot and to forget the line. He wants us to see the bigger picture and remember that there are some things more valuable than other things. Some things get rusty. Some things lose their value. But other things are extremely valuable and they last forever. Some things are more valuable than others. And Jesus wants us to live for the line instead of the dot. And I know this isn't easy. I know this is hard. It's so easy to focus in on the dot and the bills and, and, the, and the financial stresses that all of us sometimes feel. But what we must do, what we must learn to do is to see the bigger picture. We must learn to, to live for the dot, not the line, because the teachings of Jesus are clear. Eternal treasures are more valuable than temporary ones. And each one of us must make a choice. Am I going to invest in the dot or am I going to invest in the line? And how am I going to use my worldly wealth, my education, my resources for the line instead of the dot? There's a man by the name of Jim Elliott. Jim Elliott was in Ecuador. I'm sorry, was a missionary in Ecuador. And he did some tremendous work there. And he, he gave up a lot in order to serve in Ecuador. Actually, he even gave his life to serve those in Ecuador. But he says this famous words, it's words that I'd love for you to hear. He says it so well. He says this, He is no fool to give what he cannot keep, to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool. In fact, he is quite wise. He or she knows the value of things when you give what you cannot keep in order to gain what you cannot lose. These are wise words. These are words that are sometimes easy to hear, but hard to apply to our lives. But we all have to make this choice. We all have to make this choice. Will I invest in the line or the dot? As a way for you to remember these words of Scripture at the end of our, or, or in a few minutes, I'm going to give you each a dot. And, and the dot is to remind you, and you can, you can put it on your Bible, you can put it on your hands, you can put it on your forehead, maybe not your forehead, but you can, you can put it somewhere to remind you that I'm going to live for the line, not the dot. I'm going to use the resources that God has entrusted to me, not just for the here and now, not just for, for my bills or my cable TV or my stuff. I'm going to somehow use my worldly wealth for eternal gains, and I'm going to live at peace with the Benjamins. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the clarity in it and how you care so deeply about us and our hearts and our lives. We thank you for the truths littered throughout the scriptures and how we can utilize your resources for eternal gains. And I do pray that your peace that transcends understandings would rest upon our hearts as we seek to follow your financial principles. I ask that you would do a work among us in such a way that we would return to you a portion of our income expressing our faith in you and that we would live for the line and not just the dot and invest your resources for eternal purposes. In Jesus' name, amen.